Hi there, let's talk sports friends. Thanks for tuning in to our first episode of the season for Let's Talk EPL. Um, I'm joined by my co-host, ex-professional footballer, Adrian Coates. Thanks for joining me today. Nice to catch up with you, mate. It's been a while. Yeah, it definitely has. I mean, a bit of a summer break. If you will, um, I wanted to wait until we had something to talk about. And, oh yeah, there's been a lot going on this summer with moves and different things. And um, I hope you're well. I know since we talked, you've had a holiday. So I hope uh, you're well and refreshed, Adrian. Yeah, I am. Yeah, and we can't not mention the Euros either, can we? Uh, no, we can't. Um, I'm going to be honest. Um, I did... This might get some people um, off the wrong foot, but I did find it amusing that the woman managed to do something for me and uh, can't. So, yeah, I like that aspect of it. Um, I've talked about it a little bit because I've started a Monday calling show and we've had some questions about um, the Euros. So, yeah, um, it was quite amusing. Then my co-host... He's fairly knowledgeable about sport, but he was a bit out of his depth about female football. So, yeah, um, that was amusing in itself, but big shout out to them. And I'm going to be honest, um, even apart from a win, I like what it'll do for young girls in this country. Obviously, you work in the school. Everyone should have someone they can look up to what looks like them, whether it's a young black boy looking up to, say, Saka playing for Arsenal, or a little girl looking up to um, now European champions, because that's everything to me. Everyone should have a voice or hero, if you will. So I like that. I'm sure you can speak about far better from someone involved in the game and also who works in the school. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if um, if it's the same for you, mate. But I, the more I know something about, so when I'm watching men's football, and the more I know about it, the more I find myself analysing it while I'm watching it. Whereas the American football that I like and and the women's soccer um, over the summer, generally not knowing too much about it, I was just able to sit back and enjoy it, um, and I did really enjoy it. I thought they played really, really well throughout the whole tournament. Um, and on the on the kind of the school aspect of it, where I work, you know, one of my roles within my job is to to organise and and to arrange PE lessons for each term. Um, and and I just I couldn't even give a thought to putting together PE lessons that would segregate the boys and the girls. I just I don't understand why that still goes on in some places and obviously it must do because people are talking about it and quite quite animated and rightly so but you know the school i'll be at come september when we do pe and there will be football included it will be available to boys and to girls yeah i agree and it's quite rightly so and look uh, before we move on i've spoke a few times um for anyone that says oh um, it's not proper football or anything like that well i say this to them one it's different i don't think you could do any sport even with tennis women are going to play tennis different to men but it's own sport and 
that's fine. Um, but I will say this: everyone has a daughter or sister. If that was your daughter or sister playing, would you want someone to say that? No, you wouldn't. So I, I say the same when uh, some people like when I'm talking baseball and some people um, get aggressive about little league and youth baseball. If that was your son, how would you want them to be treated? And I say the same. That's your daughter playing. You would want her to have every opportunity and treated with respect. I'm sure you can speak about far greater than I am as a father, Adrian. But that's just how I feel. Um, I feel everything, every sport should have their place. And I feel that about disability sport as well. So that's how I've always felt. I'm pleased for them, to be honest with you, that they've had yeah, and it has come a long way. I mean, um, from, from what I've read and from what I hear, you know, there's still a way to go. But, um, you know, you look at the, um, the tournaments and the leagues. I mean, there's there's a lot of lot of interest um, in the tournament in general. Um, you know, talking about setting records for attendance. You know, selling out Wembley for for finals and um, and stuff like that. So, um, I just think it's really exciting time for, for women's football. I know obviously it's on the back of um, a Euro uh, championship win, but you know, you know, why not take advantage of that? And like Ian Wright said, what you know, if, if we don't what you know, what are we doing? What's what's the point? Um so yeah. it's just great that it's on the map now and on people's radar and you know if that if that prompts um girls up and down the country to want to put football in front of them and, and learn the basics of football and, and go with it how far they can then I'm sure in, in years to come, um, the women's game will benefit from that, more of an interest um, and, and obviously um, better coaches, better players as we move forward. Yeah, I agree. I'm interested to see how this plays out because um, as is the nature of some of these things, the nation connects with something like when we have Wimbledon or we have the Olympics, they connect to athletics. Will this success breed more young girls getting involved in football? That's my hope. But obviously, you, you just don't know how it plays out. This is the sort of thing what could um, be, say, if just 20% more take up the sport. The depth of talent increases tenfold. I'm intrigued to see if it sort of lasts, has that longevity, or if... It dies out because the only way to improve any sport is if the talent pool increases, and that generally doesn't happen with athletics, where we our nation picks it up and um, then don't touch it for four years. So I just want this to um, have a knock-on effect, and my only way for that probably is if there's a bit more investment in this, where it's available in every school like you say because I'm not saying throw loads of money at them where it's not sustainable but you've got to invest more money because if it's not available in every school whether it's a boy or girl and in this case it would be girls then if it's not available you're just not get you're gonna lose interest would be my hunch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I think that's where the investment needs to go. They're kinda of right there at the at school level, um, and develop that interest. Um I mean, I'm involved in, in both youth and adult coaching at the moment anyway, and I can only speak to, to what I see. I live in, in Norfolk and, you know, looking around 
the, the youth and adult football around Norfolk. Um, there's a real interest in women's football. You know, you've got uh, all women, uh, all girls, youth football teams. You've got mixed football teams. You know, you've got the, the women uh, leagues. Um, previous school that I used to work with, there was a an even balance, I would say, males and females, sort of 20 members of staff. And I didn't have any male members to talk football about because none of them were interested. But two of the female uh, members of staff both play for female football teams. So, um, you know, it's the opportunities are there. But like you say, you want to kind of really, really push it on and, and, and generate even more interest and, and get people. Because if they don't make it as a, as a professional women's footballer, it's, it's great for their uh, mental well-being. It's great for their physical health to have a sport, to, to have an interest in that, that can help kind of keep you fit and, and make you feel good. And there's, there's nothing better than being part of a team with people, you know, training together, working hard together, celebrating successes together, picking each other up during losses together. It's, it's just real character building, morale building. It's, it's just, it offers, it offers a lot more than just learning the ins and outs of playing football. You know, so I, you know, I really champion that. I think um, if we can get as many people involved, then great. Yeah, I agree. Um, so moving to Premier League season, then we're almost there. But uh, before we preview some teams we thought improved or maybe not done as much, I know Norwich isn't in the Premier League, but. We can't do a show without talking about them, given your roots, if you will. Have you found um, their moves this summer? Are you happy with what they've done, or would you like to see more happen? Um, I, I guess it's difficult to, to comment yet, um, because I think of the kind of the three midfield players that we brought in, um, we've yet to see any of them feature, um, so it's difficult to say how much of an impact they would have had. You know, the first game we've had come and gone away at Cardiff, um, it felt a little bit like the sort of same old Norwich, um, lacking creativity, uh, wondering where chances and stuff will will come from. So um, I'm hoping these new lads can come in and, and add a bit, um, because looking at the squad that faced Cardiff, um, you know, it was it was filled with you know old players that that we've become accustomed to. There wasn't um, many new faces involved in that at all, other than kind of young prospects that have come through our youth system. So um, it's great when you've got that and and you can bring in young players to kind of to, to push them on. But equally, you want to bring in some some class and some. Um, players that can impact on your performances and right now what we've brought in um, is that creativity in midfield and that's exactly what we need so hopefully they they can come in and and um, make a difference straight away because it's a really tricky league to get out of the championship I know Norwich have done it um, with constant ease the last couple of seasons but I don't think it's going to be like that for them this season I think they're going to find it difficult and teams are going to be more aware of them yeah I have a hunch like that as well so but we will do a weekly update on them just um, with your connections and also quite a road back to the APL if you will. So we'll do a weekly segment. Looking forward to it. And um, 
if we looking at some teams man city have gone through some transition of course the big move is bringing in Erlen Haaland who everyone expects to hit the ground running for them I'm intrigued to see if he will because some big name Bundesliga players recently um, haven't won uh, being one of them have us another now neither of them are of the talent level of Erlen Haaland and I don't mean that disrespectfully but he's that one step up I expect him to hit the ground running but you just never know some players just take a role even Thiago for Liverpool as classy of a player he is he did take a year to maybe settle and some of that was down to injury some intrigued to see if he hit the ground running bangs in the goals but they kind of need him to because Sterling's left now and whereas everyone will say well yeah they scored all these goals but there's a few uh, takeaways from the team so they kind of need him to hit the ground running I think some people are underestimating some of the people what left from Man City to be honest with you yeah yeah, and I mean they 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 paid good money for him, and they, you know, they paid for somebody that is ready made to slot into their team, and fire from day one. You know, they haven't paid for somebody to um, come and sit amongst the squad players and ease him in over the course of the season. You know, if Man City to be successful this season, then they're going to need him firing straight away. And um, I didn't I didn't manage to catch much of the game against Liverpool, but. Um, from what I've heard from people, it was it was a bit frustrating for him. And you know, last season Man City played without a recognised striker, so for him to come in means um, them having to kind of adapt to their style of play and the way they play. And that doesn't always happen overnight. I know they've had uh, lots of time training and stuff to build their chemistries with each other and pre-season friendlies stuff like that. But you know, we've seen in this league year in year out that um, you can't afford to drop points or too many points um, in the early part of the season because you know Liverpool, Man City, the battles they've had, it's been very rare that they've dropped many points you know it's the reason it's always gone down to the wire with them is because they just seem to find a way to pick up um, wins as they go so you know if Man City were to get off to a bit of a slow start it would already leave them up against it in terms of what I expect to be quite a competitive Premier League this season. I don't think um, it's going to be a two-horse race again like it has been. Um, I think a lot of teams have thrown themselves into the mix, which we'll talk about, no doubt, um, in a little while. But, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how he goes. It's, it's going to go one or two ways for him, isn't it? He's going to hit the ground running and everyone's going to be talking about how great signing it was and Man City on course to win the league again. Or it's going to be a real frustrating um, struggle until he finds his, his, his kind of feet. Um, so, watch this space. Yeah, I agree. Um, and Liverpool's in a similar situation. There's no doubt in the talent of Diaz who come in and impressed in January. And Nunes has come in who is, to be honest with you, he's a bit of an outlier and he's a pure centre forward and not many teams play with that these days. But uh, Mane has left. Liverpool and I think some fans don't necessarily 
uh, realise what he did for the team, certainly the casual fans who ain't Liverpool fans, because there's that source of goals which they will surely miss. But apart from that, he was so important to that system because as soon as they lost the ball, he would defend. And you don't often see that from wingers, certainly attacking wingers. Some Liverpool fans have told me they viewed him more important to their system than Mohamed Salah, to be honest with you. And I do agree with that. If you look at what he offered, I'm sure that'll be fine, but I think there might be some growing pains. I'm intrigued to see it, and I'm going to be honest, I think the league would be interesting if they had some growing pains, Man City had some growing pains, as great as those two sides are. It keeps things interesting because we'll, the next subject will be the closing pack, if you will, but Liverpool's going to be an interesting team to watch. I'm sure they will be fine, but I I do give them credit for that they've got this forward line, the paid Salah, but they've sort of brung in some young players so that they're not even just for this year, they're more for the next two or three years that they're ready, so that forward line can continue to be their strength. Yeah, yeah, and you mentioned that chasing sort of pack, closing closing the gap, and um, I mean, there's a couple of things I wanted to sort of pick up, really, because we haven't, um, we spoke about the players and, and, and stuff like that, but um, it's very rare we talk about the managers, um, you know, and the credit that we should be giving them, you know, Jurgen Klopp, um, what he's done for Liverpool since he's been there. If he feels his squad can do without Mane, then you know you've got to you've got to trust that in him. Do, do you know what I mean? Um, I know it might not yeah. have been completely his choice, but um, you know he's proven time and uh, again what a great manager he is. And so if he feels like this Liverpool team can be competitive without him, um, then you know I've got to believe that he believes that. Um, and then you know the players that he brings in. Um, he would have seen them play. People that he respects and trusts would have seen them play. So, again, you just have to kind of trust um, that you know he's he's brought in and let go of players in the best interest of Liverpool to to improve them. Um, and the same I, with Man City as well. I agree. Um, I think personally, I don't know. This isn't based on any information, obviously, but I think he was of the opinion. Look, um, if he doesn't want to be here, let him go. He sort of earned the route out that if he wants to go to someone else, get that last payday and also win something somewhere else, then we'll just replace him. But I think he's so confident in his ability and also the club's ability to spot talent that, yes, he had, did have a quite close relationship with Mane, but he's not afraid. He's so confident in his ability as a coach that he can make the next man a well, That's just how I think he approaches it. I could be completely wrong. Yeah, yeah. And then you contrast that to um, another club we haven't talked about, Manchester United, um, and the struggles they're going through with a big-name player that's made it clear he doesn't want to be there. And um, I don't know whether it's a lack of interest, which would really surprise me when you talk about Ronaldo. Um, but they seem to be to be holding on to him longer than they should do. I mean, the season's just around the corner. 
and this is going to be dragging on in the background unless over the course of the next couple of days he manages to find himself a move but um new manager coming in not not the sort of way that he would have seen himself preparing for a new season he would have wanted everybody rowing in the same direction and and ready to go um with no distractions for the first game and um obviously the the ronaldo saga is sort of dragging on in the background which will take a a, a little bit away from that and just wonder how many United fans feel about that. Yeah, I, to be honest with you, I think that off season has been a bit of a card for us. I ain't got rid of as much of the um, players what they might want to, so they can bring other players in. But the young things just carried on, carried on, carried on. And if I'm a Manchester United fan, I'm at the point where I say, you may want him because he knows your system, but it's Manchester United. It's not um, Ajax reincarnated, if you will. So if you can't get him, get someone else. We need players. It always can be the same story again. So it's interesting. Um, I personally think the problem with Ronaldo is I think he underappreciated maybe how much of a step back Leia took. Um, I also think, as great as he is, I don't think he appreciates maybe some of the things he can't do. He can still go score goals, but does he fit into the modern Premier League? I'm not sure, but one thing what I wouldn't rule out is if Chelsea can't bring in a strike, and this is the perfect segue to the chasing pack. I would have rule out at the last minute a deal being done, he comes in, scores goals and he's a quick fix if you will. I just wouldn't rule it out. It would seem mindful because I've got the players that can do the running for him and so forth. So he can just come in, score goals he gets Champions League football would they do a deal? Well, with Chelsea is the thing. Yeah, would you um, would you sell Ronaldo to um, to a rival, potential rival? Um, one thing I will say is they're owners. They're both American sports owners, so yeah, yeah, yeah. That could be the thing. The director of footballs might not, but I think the owners would. That's just my hunch. From what I understand, they know one another quite well so I could see that being done um, we'll see I guess um, Chelsea is an interesting one I like the moves what they've made I actually think Todd Burke he's done quite a good job now there's still work to do people mention the sanctions but I don't think the sanctions it slowed down their activity but I don't think it made them lose Rudica because I don't think they were ever going to pay him because of that, I just don't think it was ever going to happen. But I was casting using that to spin it. But one thing I will say is a different subject is if Berthier had took over three months earlier, I think he would have paid him because he's paid Kuwabari at the age. So whereas Roman Abramovich was in a paid him, I think yeah. Todd Berthier would have paid him, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I kind of like what they've done, and um, 
other team to talk about is Tottenham. They're going to be interesting because they've spent a lot of money and they've bought good players. But the notice coming out is most of them will be bench players, or that's what the country's saying, that um, the like of the Scarves will be a bench player. I'm not sure I see that necessary because they're all very good players. I think it's going to be interesting. They're certainly going to have a potent, potent forward line. So I'm intrigued to see how this plays out. I do feel if they could bring one defender, a truly good defender, it doesn't even have to be a great defender, then that fourth spot could well uh, be theirs because Arsenal, they're brought in good players, but I'm not sure Arteta has Conte's um, killer instinct, if you will. So I think that could be interesting. I'm not sure Spurs is quite done. And I think Daniel Levy has to keep Conte happy. So I think yeah. there may be one more deal in offering. I don't know who that is, though. No. Um, yeah, I mean, you mentioned Tottenham, you mentioned Arsenal. Both have, have um, added to their attacking options um tottenham first they it strikes me as um a team that will score a lot of goals but concede a lot of goals so you know a lot of their manage uh, a lot of their matches finishing three or four three five four uh, a bit like norwich a few years ago they're very exciting going forward but um, at what expense um defending so um be interesting to see how that all fits together i i really fancied arsenal um three or four weeks ago when i kind of um got wind of some of the players and seen some of their early pre-season fixtures so um they're a team that i sort of quietly fancy in the background to 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 maybe break into that top two um and spurs as well um you, you obviously you can't rule them out because um i think they have got real individual quality um, within their team as well and any team that can score goals is always going to be dangerous so um, yeah I, I, I see um, maybe Chelsea being included within that um, and then everybody else in that league is, is almost probably um, fighting it out for themselves um, you know sixth and downwards um, I'd include Man United in that I just don't think that they um, will feature this season. Um, I think they'll be be hanging on to sixth, seventh, eighth again, and um, that's that's just my my thoughts on on what I see when I when I watch Man United. But um, look, it's a new season. It's a it's a new start for everybody. Momentum is key. You know, you want to win your first match, take it into your next match, and um, you know there will be shocks and surprises and stuff like that. But in terms of uh, experience obviously Man City and Liverpool have been up there a lot battling it out so they know what it takes um, but then you throw in um, you know we haven't spoke about Jesus signing for Arsenal I think that's a, that's a really really good signing for them uh, the guy can score them goals uh, my only worry is if they dry up or he gets injured what then um, but look like you said at the start of the show I'm really hoping for an exciting Premier League season that features a lot of teams involved and it's not one or two teams that are going to run away with their early doors um they'll be keen to pick up points because although you can't win the premier league by christmas um 
you can certainly lose it by then. And so it'll be interesting to see how it all unfolds in the first few games. Yeah, I agree with that. And I think that's a perfect place to end the episode. Other than to say, if anyone watching, this is your first time. If you could like and subscribe to our YouTube channel, it's something we're trying to build. And um, we've got a lot going on. Um, I've got fantasy football virtual conference uh, starting on Sunday and a few other things. We've got our own forum being launched where companies reached out to me to use their app and we'll have people can have discussions during the live sporting events and we've got a lot happening so everyone keep your eye on the group page and I just want to thank you for joining me today Adrian. Thanks for having me mate. Take care of yourself and I'll catch up with you soon. Yeah, uh, thank you to everyone for watching and until next time let's talk sport fans. Thanks for watching.